Views, interpretations, and opinions expressed are not advice nor official positions presented on behalf of any organization or institution. They are for informational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the discussion. In today's show, we talk about the role of religious leaders and potential impacts on both religious organizations and the faithful, and if there's a basis in Scripture for institutional authority. Now, join Ryan and Peter for the next installment of the Tracking Wisdom Podcast. The role of the religious leader. I guess we haven't really talked about that necessarily, and like, what is it, at least in our perspective what how would we define what the purpose and role the duty of the religious leader is one potential answer to that which is to be the source of authority as opposed to being a facilitator of someone's journey and when they have legitimate questions to be able to so your comment about, you know, because I said so, like, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out even for adults who are trying to tell a seven-year-old to some degree. I mean... No, absolutely. You know, so it's like, I don't know the answer to this, and I'm uncomfortable even wrestling with, so I'm just going to shut this down, versus being open and willing to be wrong or to not know and be able to work with your background in tandem, you know, a, a, as a partner with these, this other person to be able to try and land on some sort of answer. Right. I, and I think, I think our concern is that um, there are undoubtedly potential listeners who have a little less life experience than us, who have come across leaders who are bad at their job. Yeah. And again, um, you know, it's, it's like baby with the bathwater that, we don't, oh boy, maybe I'm dating myself. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, the, the hazard is because it's possible to have bad leaders, bad religious leaders, it's therefore possible to completely disillusion a potential follower by thoroughly alienating them because you didn't meet their very serious need. And now they're trashing the whole religion. And I absolutely know people who are vehemently against organized religion, and they hate it. Like when you you cannot talk to them about organized religion because they are so angry about it. Mm. And that's a huge disservice, obviously, to them personally. But, you know, this is a result of Again, what I'm calling people who are not good at their job, mm -hmm. then damaging the institution that they signed on to serve. Mm -hmm. So the main message is, you know, please don't believe bad things about an institution because you had to deal with someone who is really bad at their job. And I think, you know, our goal in in trying to present this content is to try to help people work through that and come back around. Not that you know, not that I have an agenda about getting everybody to return to their family religion, but just consider that, you know, if you're able to uh, take the thoughtful approach that, that Ryan's describing, you may find yourself able to come back around and finding that your family religion is appropriate because because you have background in it, but also because now you understand what really the point was. Right. And, and so it's better able to meet your needs. And then you can find a good professional rep representative who will meet your needs, contrary to your you know prior bad experience that, that put you off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And honestly, it's, it's essentially 
the summary of my of my journey, which was, you know, that I, I didn't necessarily had a, a bad experience from that vantage point, but that I didn't find the value in participating in the activities of the church proper, so to speak, um, and then had not any experience just because that kind of was my family religion was not going to church, not in a negative way, not that there was denigration of the church itself, but that as a family, we were finding connection and purpose more so in the family activities in nature than within a congregation or or church structure. But then over time, as I started to question I mean, so I guess the, my perspective has been with me since I was at least a teenager, which is, you know, what I said, where I have question of the validity or I don't think Peter will will argue that I have issues with authority. So. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's where this is coming from mm. is I tend to question all authority. Right. And so when I'm rationally trying to think through this and... It, you know, I'm questioning the authority and then I'm not finding that I'm getting any good answers to the contrary. You know, nobody's presenting a really good argument to me that's like, oh, well, that makes sense. And actually the best argument I had historically was from my wife, which was when I was dating with my wife. Um, she grew up Catholic and was, has been fairly religious when we started dating and, and we weren't practicing but she still had this drive this connection to wanting to return to the church and i was resistant to it specifically not the religious piece of it or the spiritual piece of it but the institution piece of it and and understanding the fallibility of that and not understanding why you would be drawn to that what the purpose is and she's a very well she borders on extrovert and introvert but she does like people and she likes community and she likes um that piece of it and that was always her response to me wasn't it, it wasn't about the spirituality and it wasn't about the religious piece and it wasn't about the traditions and it really wasn't about any of that it was about community and about the people and i didn't understand that for a long time i'm not a very people driven person and you know at some point and maybe i'll go into deeper depth on it in later episodes, but I came to a point in my own maturity as a growing adult, as well as, you know, I had kids and ultimately I started to explore in an inquisitive sense, right? I, I was looking to evaluate some of the information that was out there in and around spirituality. Again, kind of identifying as a nun, spiritual but not religious, and trying to get some context on what people are talking about and what people are saying about this um, from a variety of perspective. And during that exploration, I found myself connecting to and wanting to get more involved in in church specifically, which was odd to me. Um, and so now we've been involved with and participating in a church. My wife is working for the church as Christian education director. Um, so we've gotten, we found ourselves fairly involved in this and yet still I'm of the perspective that I'm participating, but I'm not strongly 
tied to or aligned with the specific denomination and the specific teachings and and the specific traditions. I participate in it in a communal sense, meaning that you know I, I've enjoyed working with the people and being part of a community. And some of the teachings resonate with me, and some of them don't, and that's okay. So that was illustrative of of my journey um, so far, and so I. I can, by extension, envision there are other people who have or are in similar places maybe earlier on in that journey and hoping to bring um, bring them to consider these things. Not, like you said, not to throw, not even just religion, or like a religion, but spirituality and religion in general, throwing that out with the bathwater just because you you know, of a bad experience or, or bad press for certain things <laughs> that happen <laughs> that are in the media like a few years ago yeah. to me and this goes to a, a later point in my notes but i was thinking about the idea that we're talking about that there's a core teaching and that that core teaching has been presented by multiple teachers and that we believe that there's harmony and consistency with that teaching albeit there'd be some individual pieces because it's an individual it's an individual's experience being presented to a greater uh, a wider audience that i call myself a christian right and you call yourself a buddhist or or you're aligned with whatever we want to call it but the point being i say i'm a christian but then i talk about how i'm not a christian i believe in the the central message and I call myself a Christian because I choose Jesus as my teacher. And like thinking like from a martial arts perspective, right? There are multiple schools teaching similar yes. things, but I'm going to find a teacher that resonates with me or for whatever reason, I'm choosing this as my teacher. And therefore I am calling myself Christian because Jesus was my teacher, but not that he's necessarily teaching something different significantly different than say buddha or somebody else that, that's interesting so so i think this is the first time i've heard you um uh, identify jesus as your teacher this is a segue into a point that i was looking to make before and this will potentially call out a specific denomination of christianity primarily roman catholic which is the uh the holiness of priests and and the the infrastructure mm -hmm. and the by being part of this you somehow have this conduit to god that nobody else does mm -hmm. and i take exception to that concept mm -hmm. and that was a big part of where i struggled with christianity in general because i was thinking of it from a roman catholic perspective which i only had limited experience in you know through high school but it is a large part of what people think of with christianity so just that saying, I have a hard time with that, and I understand, or at least I take the perspective that the ordained individuals are still human, and that they have scholarly background as far as having taken the time to and invested the time in learning about the scriptures in general, and what the interpretations are, at least within that denomination, which is another problem I think that there is is how many denominations there are of Christianity that leads to another point that, um, but I don't I want to be careful not to digress too much. Um, taking the time to do that. So you have some authority, I guess, or, 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 or credential 
is the better answer, Mm -hmm. but that it's important to take the perspective as facilitator, not authority figure. Right. And so, I mean, this is, again, the inherent problem with institution, because an institution has to designate leaders to represent the institution. And not everybody's good at their job. Not everybody takes a job for the right reasons, even if even if they have a calling. Mm-hmm. So you may be called to the position, but not be interested in being a facilitator. Mm-hmm. If your main interest is just to have authority, that's that's where things go wrong. And I and I'm thinking, oh, of course, the big problem is having to designate representatives for an infallible institution. Mm. And, and I mean, which is what you're talking about, right? People, humans who are designated as potentially being infallible leaders for an inf- infallible institution. Now, of course, I don't think they're literally designated as being infallible. And of course, there have been mishaps and, you know, the, it comes back, well, they're only human and... Mm. You know, we're all struggling, but there really is a difficult contradiction there. And I, again, I also thinking of Catholicism, with which I do not have any personal contact. There, there's there's a difficult concept here of you know absolute faith and obedience versus fallibility. Hmm. Like, how can you ask to have absolute obedience, and then when something goes wrong, say, well? we're only human right. well then then don't ask for absolute obedience right. you know or, or or is the position but use your judgment mm. like but watch out for yourself because there are a few bad people out there <laughs> yeah that's something which I mean, again i'm not speaking from any personal experience at all and i'm i'm reluctant to to criticize because of that but i, I, I these are obvious questions right the most important thing is to be open to the questions, um, both from an institution perspective and from an individual's perspective, where we can we can recognize that there's going to be inherent fallibility there. And maybe some don't. And I think that part of that comes from just how involved one asserts God is in the construction of the institution. Which is, you know, brings us back to something you had on our list as like the construction of scripture mm. interpretation or non-interpretation mm-hmm. and how how scripture is created mm-hmm. in most forms at least in christianity at least from my understanding and perspective which may be limited the bible is intended to be the authority you know the institution mm-hmm. is is the authority on the um interpretation of the scripture but that the scripture is really the the is is the core of the message or or where the core teaching comes from Mm -hmm. um and looking for evidence that institution was intended within that scripture within Mm -hmm. that text um I was trying to think through it, and from now I will admit I have not read the Bible cover to cover. cover. I've read a significant amount of the Bible um, and am relatively familiar with the Bible. I'm not a scholar, and I don't know the Bible that well, Mm -hmm. but from what I've read and understand and, and the primary stories that are taught in service is 
not about the religious infrastructure and and the authority of the people working within it it's it's a compilation of people mostly lay people or essentially lay people you know the stories Mm -hmm. aren't about this rabbi or this you know Mm -hmm. at least not in a positive way you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the gospel you have some of that but it's 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 the adversary right um and i think that in that context it also is relevant that in the gospels and when we're talking about jesus's ministry it was in contrast to the institution um while Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm grew up in that culture and supported it it was also the antithesis of what he was doing um so that by way of saying that the the bible is mostly compiled of non-religious figures who have been called and and are describing their individualized experience with the divine so i would not think or say that the institution and and the idea of religion you know jesus didn't set out to start a new religion you know that wasn't his purpose and the fact that he was out teaching in general in the public he was out in the the marketplace or the square or you know out in the hills or out with the fishermen and and really engaging with the with people and not people of religious background, mm-hmm. people who were Gentile or, or considered unclean or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, and, and really trying to bring that message of unity and love and compassion to the public in a way, relinquishing the power that the institution had, which is probably where, yes, you know, it all went awry because right. now they're being attacked, their authority is being attacked, and so they have to respond in a protect self-preserving way. Right. right. So th- that was kind of the point of that thought was that institution is not inherent necessarily within the Christian scripture. Again, I don't have a lot of experience with alternative scriptures, but essentially, it, it's it's an artifact of the students, not something that is directed by the teachers and by the scriptures themselves. So my understanding is that, you know, as as you say, Jesus was a teacher from the Jewish faith who really saw the institution going astray from the will of God, mm-hmm. from the essential intent, original intent of the institution, and that it was, in fact, neglecting or alienating a demographic, a group of people, as you said, the unclean and the Gentiles, and that God's will was that those people still be included in the faith, Mm -hmm. that they still be addressed in a positive way. Not that they were Jews, Mm -hmm. but that Jews were supposed to have positive relationships with these people, and that there was positive teaching to be done. So obviously he was a rebel. Um, Obviously he was an iconoclast in respect to the current authority at the time, the the Jewish church at the time. He criticized the Jewish church not because Judaism is wrong, Mm -hmm. but because the Jewish leaders, the Jewish church at the time, kind of wasn't doing their job with respect to these other groups who were not directly following them. Mm. And in fact, he he directly he criticized air quotes good Jews mm. who were 
were essentially being lauded or, you know, gaming the institution and said, you're not really good Jews. You're, you're making a show of being good Jews, but you're not really doing God's will because you're not caring for other people the way God wants you to. Mm-hmm. It, I, I mean, it's a little ironic, and, but I mean, I think this is what part of our, our major thesis is this is inevitable, mm-hmm. right? So here's a teacher who was an iconoclast trying to improve religion that he came out of, right? It's like, you guys are not keeping up. You're, you've drifted from God's will, um, which is to take care of people because they're people, mm-hmm. not because they're Jews. Mm-hmm. And then 200 years, 2,000 years down the road, we find, oh, golly, the people who are following that guy are now in the same position mm-hmm. to some extent. What, what, what I've learned of interest um, through uh, Reform Judaism mm-hmm. is that the Jewish scripture and Jewish tradition actually has a huge concern for the outsider, for mm-hmm. the stranger. Judaism is not just about Jews. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I was interested to learn this because, of course, we hear of Jews as the chosen people, which makes them sound very self-centered. Mm. Um, but that's not what I've learned more recently through Reform Judaism. Mm. Like our, our rabbi, our, our congregation really teaches that a central teaching of Judaism and part of being a good Jew is not praying the right way, which is, mm. you know, something that Jesus railed again, criticized Mm -hmm. strongly. Um, It's not that. It is, you know, it includes. It includes taking care of the stranger. And if you're not doing those things, then you're not actually being a good Jew and following the will of God and following the teachings of the Torah. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me to have, you know, a modern Jewish church or denomination, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of... I don't want to say following air quotes, following Jesus lead in that sense, mm-hmm. right? Of of basically saying, yeah, you know, we have to be careful as Jews not to be like those New Testament Jews, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, right? It's like, yeah, do it right. Be good people because that's the core teaching, right? And I think that goes back to our our central thesis really is that all religions want you to be good people. Mm -hmm. That's really what they want. They want people to take care of each other. They don't want you to use your belief as an excuse not to take care of someone because they're unclean. Thank you for listening to the tracking wisdom podcast. Join us next time as we continue the discussion. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.eth-studio.com for more information and content.